Did you know the key factor to success? What if we can master our emotion? Can we change the outcome in our lives? Can we become better leaders? Stay tuned for more detail with my guest, Dr. Don Booth, the author of The Emotional Intelligence Premiere. How to be the difference that makes the difference for today's leader. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. Your host is a certified executive coach and trainer with the passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you manage your life and your business at its best. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. You are listening to Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. I am your host and executive producer, Rhea Wilkie, also known as Coach Rhea. Thank you and welcome to the show. Happy Thursday. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, I hope you are doing fantastic and thank you for joining us today. Just a quick intro, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. And Your Life Now is a professional executive coaching, training, marketing, and PR company. And if we can be of service to you, to your organization, we'd love to hear from you. So please contact us at our website at yourlifenow.info. Again, that's yourlifenow.info. I'm going back. It's a new year. We kind of fall behind on setting the intention for the show. Um, We are six years going strong. And uh, so, you know, sometimes the smallest things can make a huge difference. And so, again, my intention of hosting this show is to inspire a change and transformation. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life and in your business so you can manage your life and your business at its best. Now, we invite best-selling authors here on the show and thought leaders, and they share a lot of helpful tips and suggestions with us. Please keep in mind that Your Life Now show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. So by applying any of the information mentioned here on the show, you are agreeing to take full responsibility for your action. And of course, for more information, please feel free to contact us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any question about our guests, we share their information on the show. But if we can be of more assistance to you, make sure you contact us and send us a, a message, send us a request on Again, yourlifenow.info or here on the show. We are going to take a short break and when we come back, we'll get right into our fantastic show for today. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for being here. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments.
Life Now show where your life and your business matter. I am your host and executive producer, Ria Wolke, also known as Coach Ria. Thank you and welcome to the show. Today we have a great show for you guys and uh, we have a returning guest and I'm so happy and excited to have him back on the show. And we're going to talk about his new book and dig a little deeper into it. (laughs) The Emotional Intelligence Premiere. How to be the difference that make the difference for today's leader. According to our guest, Dr. Don Booth, we all have the option to be more proactive instead of being reactive to our emotions. Love to learn more. Now, Dr. Don Booth is the founder of Booth & Associates, an executive organizational development firm. His clients often describe him as a conversational anthropologist. And he is recognized for his expertise in linking emotional intelligence to personal and professional goals. He is known as one of the top executive coaches in the Kansas City area. Please help me welcome our wonderful guest, Dr. Don Booth, to the show. Welcome, Don. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Hi, Rhea. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you, and, and um, this is a new year. I was just listening. Actually, I we had you on the show, I think, around the same time last year, and you were telling us about right. the book coming up. Yeah, so right. it was interesting because I had originally had another intro for you, and I was like, wow, we actually talked about that book a little bit. But here you are, and congratulations on publishing the book. And uh, I honestly, I think it's a fantastic book. I know off the air, I mentioned to you how easy reading it is, even you know for someone who's really not, you know, don't know the the subject very well. But it's it's very very um, well uh, written and uh, easy to read. So. Um, Don, um, I know I, I talked a little bit about you and, and mentioned who you are. Is there anything else that you like our listeners to know about yourself that we haven't mentioned? Well, uh, I should say I'm, I'm now writing my second book um, only because people are wanting to know more more about how they can not only be more emotionally intelligent, but how they can understand their self-talk better. And that is mm-hmm. one of my chapters in the book, uh, but I'm going to go into the deep end of the pool on that. In fact, I'm talking with a couple uh, key writers um, in the area of self-talk, uh, such as our friend Shad Helmstetter, uh, about uh, either writing a book together or or doing something uh, a little bit bigger than what I have uh, planned right now. So we'll see. I'm excited about that. Oh, that's really exciting, and yeah, it would be a great book to write, uh, Dr. Chad Homesteader, our teacher <laughs> of self-talk. Um, so, emotional intelligence, um, it can really be easy to simplify based on the words, you know, emotional and intelligence. So, can you just elaborate a little bit more for those of us who are not really familiar <coughs> with the teaching and the concept of emotional intelligence? What is it and how? Sure. Does it work? <laughs> well, sure, I'd be happy to do that. I, I'm finding that uh, at least the people who are talking to me who have uh, purchased my book are saying that they now understand what emotional intelligence is. 
Uh, and basically, it's helping uh, people to, to understand their own emotions and how to manage them. And the second tier of that is how to understand others' emotions and to help manage those as well, especially those in leadership roles. So right. what uh, emotional intelligence does, it, it, it's a often overused word um, that a lot of people don't understand. But I wrote this book in order to give people some essential ways in which they can understand emotional intelligence. And by doing some resources that I put in the book that they can actually increase their emotional intelligence. We know from research uh, that our emotional intelligence grows just naturally. I mean, we aren't the same, hopefully not the same immature person we were at 12 and 13 that we are now in our forties, fifties and sixties. So we know from research that that, grows, but what we also know that coaching, as you're well aware of that, Rhea, and, mm-hmm. and interacting with people and being more aware of our emotions, we can increase that curve a lot a lot quicker to increase our emotional intelligence. That's so true. And, you know, I always say, um, well, not just me saying that, but I think it's really important that we pay attention to our emotion uh, first. Um, you know, personally and also professionally because that's how we can be effective, you know, as, uh, as for ourselves in our personal development and also as a leader, like you mentioned, in the leadership. Um, so in order for us to manage someone else's emotions, <laughs> we really need to manage our own first, right? Correct, exactly. So, so you, you apply, you know, and we put that in the description, that you mentioned it, that we do have the option to be more proactive instead of being reactive to our emotions. Can you explain, please, what you mean by that? How do we do that? Because a lot of people don't really, you know, get it. Well, first of all, I want to yeah. apologize. I'm just getting over a cold, so I, I'm trying to my best to keep my voice strong uh, for this interview. Yeah, well, um, join, join the club because I'm saying here I have hot tea right here next to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're smarter than I. You have more emotional intelligence around that than I do. I don't have hot tea. Um, well, well, it was either a glass of wine or hot tea. So hot tea is better for oh, me. Oh, well, there you go. We could have both. Um, yeah, here we go, right? Now, yeah, I actually had a yeah. guest one time. He was uh, um, he actually in, in the New York area, and uh, we were on this show, and, uh, you know, I kept, like, hearing, you know, I'm like, what, what are you doing? He said, I'm having some wine. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're going to take a break. We'll come back. I'll have some wine with you, too. But taking the joke aside, I mean, this is really, um, you know, we, we, we're going to try to share the message in, in a really kind of, you know, fun way as well. But it's how, why is it so important? Why is it so important to manage and master our emotions? Well, if we want to be successful, I think it's very important, regardless what relationship we have, whether it's a, a work relationship, uh, an intimate friend, close relationships with friends, marital relationship, and more importantly, I think anybody who's a leader uh, will be most successful if um, they have emotional intelligence. This morning I was meeting with the uh, CEO of a company and um, I was in a coaching session and she was saying that what she appreciates about some of the things that we've been working on is that 
she's been um, practicing uh, some things, and she's uh, noticed that people are saying to her that they can talk to her unlike the other CEO and that she listens. Um, And more importantly, they feel like she not only listens, but she actually hears what they're saying to them. So there was, she was given a story about this major block that they had in the company. And she just took some time to, to what she called time our town meetings. And she met with all the employees. He wanted to meet with her. And she just listened. And after that listening session, they were able to move forward with the agreement that they had for the company. The bottom line yeah. is emotional intelligence is going to help you be successful and climb the ladder if that's what you want to do, or people will have a higher opinion of you. Um, you'll find that you'll be able to interact with people with a little bit more ease, and people are more willing to follow your leadership. Um, lots of benefits uh, we could list, but it's, it is very important. So my, my observation, or I think, you know, my thoughts are everything starts with awareness, but when do you actually, uh, what are the signs? Because, I mean, obviously, if we are aware of our emotion, we are, you know, able to correct something or to realize, you know, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? What am I thinking? You know, um, how can I, you know, uh, empathize with someone or how can I actually even deal with my own emotion? But what are the signs? Because I, th- I really do believe it starts with awareness. It, it does. It def- definitely starts with awareness. And some of that awareness is, um, unfortunately, it's done in like a 360 evaluation where people um, are evaluated by their colleagues in a, in a blind sort of way. And... Um, that's when they find out who they are and how effective they are and how emotionally intelligent they are. Unless someone tells us, we, we don't really know how emotionally intelligent we are, at least in my opinion, um, unless we um, screw up somehow. But we can be relatively successful uh, just going day to day. But at the end of the day, I think it's just being mindful of um, – how we've impacted people. I like to ask my client to ask just one question at the end of the day. Did I do better today than yesterday? What can I do tomorrow that's going to make me a better leader? And it could be anything. It could be just taking time with someone. It could be listening. It could be paying attention to um, all the conversations that a person has throughout the day. For most people, it's just really just paying attention uh, to the day-to-day interactions, the multiple messages, which I find is very, very helpful for leaders to pay attention to. Um, and let me just give you a, an example from last night, not in my leadership role, but in my marriage. I give several illustrations in my book about this, using my marriage with the permission of my wife. But last night, uh, we were watching a basketball game, and she stood up, and she says, I'm going to go get some Irish cream. Now, that was a, a multiple message that I could have just ignored. Uh, what she was really saying is, I'm going to get some Irish cream, and would you like some? And, right. <laughs> <Just waiting. laughs> you know, earlier in my marriage, I would have said, 
So what? Go get your Irish cream. You don't need to tell me. But <laughs> now I'm a little bit wiser, and I can say, oh, okay, no, thank you. I don't think I want any Irish cream. And then she goes off and gets her Irish cream and comes back. It's those subtle, multiple messages that we get daily, both in, in our workplace and in our relationships. And, and those are the ones that cause us to be mind readers if we don't pay attention to them. You know, what's, what's the real message and which message am I going to respond to? So that's one of the key areas that people tell me that they've been most helpful. They've been most helped by reading my book is paying attention to multiple messages and those kinds of things. Well, you said pay attention, which I really love it. And, I, I, you know, I have it like all written down here, things that I was getting out of your book. You said pay attention to the things that you pay attention to, which I find it to be really yeah. interesting um, because it is really true, you know, because we pay attention sometimes to things that are really not worth paying attention to, right? And then we focus on things that we shouldn't be focusing on. And, you know, I mean, shifting back and forth here from personal to professional to leadership to, I mean, I think it all starts with each one of us. It all starts at the dining room table, every leader you know, sit at the dining room table, right? So it's all start with us as a person. Um, and then we take that to the boardroom, right? We take it to our, to our uh, um, employees and, and our organization. But what are we paying attention to? I mean, do you find it to be, I mean, I know in your book you mentioned that. And, and uh, I'm, I, before you, you kind of elaborate more about that, but why do you think we shift in more uh, to the things that really don't make you know, like we should really be focusing on versus that really things that matters the most. Does it have to do with priority? I mean, like what kind of priorities do we have in our lives? Well, yeah, I think so. I, I, I um, There's a in neuro-linguistic program where we have a saying that um, energy flows where attention goes. And uh, this is a... Uh, when I was, when my, we had our first child, so we were talking a good many years ago. Uh, my wife was pregnant and obviously showing. And so when we would go around town or whatever, I, I kept seeing pregnant women everywhere. And so, um, so one time we're checking out of the grocery store and I said to this woman in front of you, oh, what trimester are you in? And she looked at me, it was very gracious when I was a young man. Well, I'm, I'm not pregnant. That's just fat. <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't very yeah. emotional intelligent, but it was, it was just, that's where my focus was. Um, and now I don't see any pregnant women or hardly any pregnant women. Um, it's, it's almost like when you drive a car, uh, you, you pay attention to those cars, and especially if you get a brand new car or you're looking at a car, right. you sort of see those cars <laughs> around. Um, and that's the, the old NLP adage is attention goes, or energy flows where your attention goes. So if we don't take the time to pause in our life and say, okay, I'm going to really pay attention right. to multiple messages or uh, how to be a better listener, set boundaries and those kinds of things. Um, if we don't pause and try to do that, we're, we're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. This morning, I was also leading a group uh, at the hospital. And um, so I said, what are the tools, because I was you know, anticipating this conversation today, I said, what are, the, what are the tools that I've taught you 
which a lot of them in my book, that you use the most. And they started to, to list them, you know, that one person uses, I pay attention to multiple messages. And one person made a very interesting um, observation. She said, you know, until we started this process, I, I was just unaware. I, now at least I pause and I can say, oh, that's a multiple message or uh, I'm being triangled here. A lot of people were talking about today how they are triangled every day and how they're now saying, oh, I think this person is triangling me. Now what do I need to do? And then they go back into what we've been talking about and they try to get out of the triangle or, or fix the problem that people are talking about. So just really paying attention. Right. Well, I mean, I almost think of it as like a screen, like a, if you think about a theater, right? Like, you know, whatever it is that you, it pulls up in front of you, it's where your focus yeah, is yeah. going to be. But then, you know, I mean, and I think everything, you know, comes with practice. I mean, we do have, you know, similar background with NLP and, you know, um, with coaching and stuff. But I always think like, you know, it, it, people always tend to ignore certain things in that picture and they just focus on one point. I mean, that's like, you know, obviously if you, if you want to practice, you know, um, stay in focus, you know, it's one of the techniques. I remember like I read this book uh, years ago um, by Charles Honnell called The Master Key System. I don't know if you heard of it. Um, yeah. where he does like these 26 exercises every week, right, where he gets you to focus on something. And it's like, you know, you focus on a point. And it's amazing how a brain works, you know. It's like, you know, you, you, you tend to – we are – um, uh, the perception that we see is just like, you know, it's what we focus on. So yeah, a lot of time, right. I think, you know, with the practice, and I think in your book, you, you showed a lot of, you know, different ways and tools, you know, as far as how to like, you know, shift your thinking and how to, right. you know, focus on a certain things, how to pay attention to, to certain things. Like, you know, when you say pay attention to the things that you're paying attention to, because a lot of time we just like, you know, we zoom in on one thing, like you said, with the, with, with the book, right? I mean, with the, with the cars, like you buy a car and you see your cars all the time on the road. A woman, a pregnant woman, same thing, because that's all we're focusing on. And so if we mm-hmm. start looking to the right, looking to the left, you know, we're going to see more than what we noticed before. And I think that's the broad spectrum, you know, just like to be a little bit more consciously aware of it. Um, just fascinating. I always find it too fascinating. And I think one of the things that you mentioned in your book, which, you know, I highlighted here. So he says, uh, you know, obviously we, we talk about like all start with awareness. And you said we, and if, we, if we are aware of these, you know, of, of ourselves and how we, we act or our emotion, we, um, I'm not like literally reading it by word, but, you know, just what I wrote down here in my notes. He said we have the option. We all have the option to prevent um, you know, our subconscious mind programming to for making the choices for us. So, you know, we, we constantly making choices, whether we are conscious of it or not conscious of it. And I think that's, that's an yes. important thing that we should all, you know, realize. And, and you mentioned, because it's like, you know, we have options. We really do have options. We have choices to have options, you know, to choose to let things happen to us or be more in control of what, how the things, I mean, you know, certain things, you know, could be, you know, um, difficult to, to ignore, um, outside forces, whatever, you know, that been programmed for many years. But what do you have to say about that? Like, can you just tell us, 
you know, elaborate on, on the thought here. How we yeah, really sure, I would love to. Um, you're, you're correct in, um, in telling us what you read, because that's exactly what I tried to say. That is that we, we have a choice. Uh, and we have a choice not only in what we're going to do, but how we're going to respond. Um, and that's probably where I work the best with my um, coaches when I meet with them. The situation almost always has already passed or, or they're waiting to meet with me so they can figure out how they're going to respond. Um, there's a delightful equation that Jack Canfield uh, talks about in his uh, uh, success principles book. And it's, it's very helpful, and I have a actually wear a, a, a bracelet with it on. E plus R equals O, which is the mm-hmm. event plus the response equals the outcome. And exactly. we don't have any control over what happens to us, but we do have a choice uh, in how we're going to respond to the event. And he, and he says, and correctly so, uh, most of us uh, complain about it or make excuses about the event, or we're blaming something. It could be the economy, it could be President Trump, uh, the traffic, the weather, a coworker, um, and we we really can't change the outcome unless we change our response to it. So I uh, I now have several of my clients. Um, I don't know where the money's going to go, but they have these little jars sitting on their desks and. Uh, they put a dollar every day, and they have these people that are keeping them accountable. If they hear them blame somebody or something or complain about something or make excuse about something, they put a dollar into a, a jar. Now, that's not a lot of money, but it does bring to the foreground the awareness of I have a choice and how I'm going to respond to this event. Complaining about it or blaming someone or making excuses is probably not very helpful. You know, the question is, what what am I going to do about it? Um, and how am I going to respond in a positive way? That's sort of where I, where I think uh, right. at many of my clients react, Right? I mean, right. basically that's, yeah. you know, you're referring back to, you know, being reacting to things um, versus being proactive, like how you choose to, to, to take this information. And I find it to be very... Um, disturbing actually to me because you know like all the stuff that happens that you hear you know that everybody's blaming somebody else like no one takes responsibility like why are we always have to point the finger at someone and you know what they might not be perfect and the whole scenario might not be perfect I always say it's the game it's not the you know we focus so much on things that really um, not going to be solving anything I would say if you're not part of the solution you are part of the problem. So there is so many issues out there. Like you said, you know, we blame Trump, we blame this, we blame that, we blame, you know, but what are you doing? What are you doing right, right now? You're standing in, in your own place, in your own, you know, and looking at the world itself. How are you reflecting? Because everything that you see is a reflection. So how are you reflecting in your own life? What are you doing? I mean, you know, I find it to be very thought-provoking, and, you know, we can talk about this for forever, but when you talk about your book, but it is fascinating. It really is fascinating. It and is. that's yeah. part of emotional intelligence, how you react to things or not react, you know? Right. <laughs> um, 
Well, like I said, it's it's the book is incredibly um, very very informative, and and honestly, you know, knowing a lot of the things that I read, it just the way you lay it out is it's um is is definitely a great resources for mm-hmm. any leaders, even if people are in their personal lives, you know, to use yeah. to follow, you know, to follow up with. Um, you mentioned a lot yeah. of things that really resonate with me in the book, like listening. Right, you talk about paying attention. You talk about listening. You know, I, like I yeah. hear sometimes, and I don't, I don't like to attack anyone on anything that I don't agree with. Right. So for me, I always try to find a way to provoke thoughts about these, the subject. Like for instance, today yeah. I was reading something on Twitter. It kind of just sounded like noise. Like, what are you doing? You just kept saying like, stand for this. I do this. You know, like just like attack, attack, attack. So I said, you know what? Some of us walk the talk, and some of us, what do we do? We just talk, right? We don't listen. <laughs> so why is it so important to listen? And what are we listening to? Yeah. Could you please tell us? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I have some close friends who, you know, bought my book on their own, and we sort of have this funny thing when we get together for wine tasting last weekend, and there's like... Uh, this man said to his wife, you know, you need to read Don's chapter. He says, I think it's chapter two, whatever, on listening. Um, and uh, that's not the purpose for writing that, that chapter. My, I think that listening chapter came from many years working in the corporate world where I found people were poor listeners. They were waiting until I came to a pause or a comma or a period and then they were going to tell me why I was wrong or how they disagree with me or, uh, or to take what I call a uh, uh, communication hijack. They take what I'm saying and then talk about it from their, their own perspective and forget all about what, what I was trying to say. I also found that a lot of, at least my bosses, were distracted. I mean, they were looking at, watches, they were looking at emails, they were saying hi to someone else who was walking by. Um, so I I felt like I needed to put something in there, how to, how to be a, a good listener. And I think, honestly, the best way to do that is to, is to paraphrase someone. Because uh, yeah. people don't know we're listening unless we somehow tell them what we think they said. Um, right. To give back to them the essence of, of what they said so that we can start asking questions for clarification. Usually though, um, I have one of my clients who she says, I'm doing a little experiment uh, on your book and what you're saying. She says, I'm, I'm paraphrasing almost everything I, I hear. And then she said, what's amazing to me is that I'm ready to now go on and ask a question or respond somehow and they're going to get, they constantly give me more information and what she's finding out I think is that the more you paraphrase the more likely someone's going to what slow down uh, they may not even be aware that this is what they're saying or this is what people are hearing and they give you more information so it is a way of um, paraphrasing away is, is a good way to let people know uh, that you're listening and I would say another it's not in my book, but I was just working on this today with a client earlier this morning, and that is to 
we need to we need to continue to be aware, Rhea, that uh, we're when we're in a conversation with someone that we say their name, which is what I just did to you. It's a sign of respect. It's a it's a sign of uh, paying attention and giving people the the awareness that right now you're the most important person in front of me, and I want you to know that. Absolutely, and I appreciate you very much, Don, because that's exactly it. I mean, I come from a corporate uh, sales and training, and I do a lot of sales training myself. And I, I think, like, you know, uh, this is like one-on-one sales, you know, um, tips is to, you know, probe by, you know, first of all, you know, let them tell you and then, re, you know, rephrase, I mean, re, uh, paraphrase and uh, affirm you know, that you got the information, even you paraphrasing it, you could be missing something. You heard it yeah. wrong or it could be, a, you know, right. get it interpreted in the wrong direction. So you just kind of like sort of validate it to get the yes from them. That is correct. Did you say that? Well, you know, was I, you know, did I hear you right, Mr., you know, uh, Dr. Booz? Um, was this, you know, and I think that's that's a really, really important thing, you know, that, that we find either I practice myself and a lot of time I always say it's like, you know, I practice everything that I teach because if I can't do it myself, I I don't know why I'd be teaching it because I need to learn my something myself. But what I heard from you, Don, that when you talked about the lady that she was uh, paraphrasing everything, you know, um, I bet you she learned a lot of things herself too because I think the more you listen because when you paraphrase, you also hear yourself, right? You're repeating things. Yeah. That kind of like maybe, hmm, I did not have that on my notes. Maybe I need to add that, right? Maybe that should have been on yeah. the agenda. Maybe that, you know, maybe I need to go back and, you know, rethink something, you know, um, again. I think it just really opens up a lot of, a lot of different um, opportunities and opens a lot of, you know, like if there is mis, you know, I always say like there is always mis, you know, being, being misunderstood, right? Um, communication is a, is a huge factor, obviously, in leadership. We know that. Um, and uh, it, it, if you cannot communicate well or you cannot, you know, make sure the message is, is, is uh, correct that you, you heard, you know, that could be a problem. And, I mean, I know for myself, you know, English being my second language, it was a tough thing. I mean, I have a master's degree in business management and marketing. And I have to tell you, it was a challenge for me. Coming from corporate sales, I used to be terrified. But that's like all I know. I think we all sell, and I can always get better. You know, every day yeah. I feel I think I'm getting better. And I think if we think we know it all, and that's what leads us. We're gonna take a short break and we come back. We talk about that. Um, the difference okay. between fixed mindset and growth mindset, and and I know you mentioned that in the book, and uh, it's this is fascinating. So we're gonna take a short break. And uh, go get okay. some water or something. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll yeah. see you in a minute. All right. Great. Thank you for being here. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. We are so excited about the new things we are working on to make Your Life Now Radio Show the place where you can learn and share your message with the world. For more detail on how you and all your business can participate and get involved, contact us at www.yourlifenow.info and we'll be more than happy to share with you how we can help you and your business 
by sharing you, your business, and your message with the world. Whether your world is local or global, we have great solutions and ideas for you. For more information, contact us at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's yourlifenow.info. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to Your Life Now show. I am your host and executive producer, Rhea Wilkie, also known as Coach Rhea. Welcome. I appreciate you being here. I see a lot of people in the studio. Um, so if you have a question, we're going to take questions towards the end of the show. If you have a question, please press 1 so I know that you are in the queue for to bring you on the air. Otherwise, if you are in the listen, listening mode, thank you so much for being here. I am so delighted to have back on the show my friend, Dr. Dom Boot, and we are talking about his new book. He's going to help us understand how to become the master of our emotions. His new published book, The Emotional Intelligence Premier, How to Be the Difference That Makes a Difference for Today's Leader. It's a fantastic book for every leader or someone who wants to lead in their own life to learn the steps and to take those lessons and exercises that Don has in the book to help you achieve and master your emotion. Welcome, Don. Did you get some water, I hope? <laughs> I did. Thank you. Or wine? Yeah. I, I wish. I, no, I didn't, didn't get the wine. Peter too wine. Er, too okay. early, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. It's, it's, you were an hour earlier, but hey, you know, they say it's 5 o'clock somewhere, but... Yeah, Taking all jokes aside, we are talking about your book, um, The Emotional Intelligence Premiere. Congratulations on publishing the book. We had you on the show last year, and we were talking a little bit about it. You're going to publish another book that's really sort of related to some of the subjects that is mentioned in the book, but more on the self-talk and the inner dialogue that we have all the time. But before the yeah. break, you know, we, we touch on the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And, uh, you know, most leaders would know the difference, right? But why is it so hard? And I think that's where the mastering the emotions really comes to play the key. I work with the executive all the time. That's what I work with. Um, managers, uh, you know, CEOs and stuff like that, organization. And they have, some of them, because, you know, they have, they've been successful for many years. They've built a successful business. And they leading, you know, their company to, to success. But yet, yes, they have a fixed mindset. They, they, they think, you know, this is the way to do things, and it's been working fine. There is no need for us to, you know. I actually had somebody told me, like, well, I don't want to grow anymore. So that's, a, you know, obviously that's a choice you make, you know. But <laughs> can we talk about that? Why is it so difficult to get stuck in that fixed mindset? Well, yeah, I, there's probably a, a zillion ways in which it happens, but I, I think if I could piggyback on what you said, I, I do think in, in my work with CEOs is that uh, there come you can become addicted to being right, mm-hmm. um, and it comes with power and it comes with um, not. Uh, not allowing people to have an opinion that's either different or could, you could listen to someone else and maybe come out with a different way of looking at something. Um, 
last week someone was saying, or maybe it's this week, it doesn't matter, but this comes from uh, Carol Dweck's work on mindset, and she was parodied on the Today Show recently. And um, one of the things that she seems to be going around and saying to correct or at least amplify her book is that most of us are not either or. We're sort of what she calls a mixed mindset. You know, there's sometimes when we're more fixed and uh, less open to being influenced. And then there's another other time um, when we're more growth mindset. I, I find myself, what she taught me, and, I, and I've watched her on uh, YouTube and as, as many times as I can see her, um, I did miss the Today Show, but um, one of the things that uh, she taught me was to add not yet at um, yeah. I used to say things like I I can never learn a foreign language or I don't know really how to not do yet oh, I love it not yet and that sort of gets me to thinking a little bit different well maybe I can learn a different language or um, when I was in middle school and some other places I was sort of teased by the young women that I wanted to influence that and take out on a date that I, I was the worst dancer in the school and they were probably right. And it was only about a year or two ago that I, um, when one of my daughters was getting married, I said, I want to learn how to dance. And when I daughter, my daughter said, you don't know how to dance. I said, not yet, but I'm, I'm going to learn. <laughs> so I took some dancing lessons and I did learn. And it's important to, uh, you know, get some of that stuff going in your brain anyway, to, get some good feedback on what you can and cannot do instead of the fixed mindset. But do you, do you think it has also to do um, with, with the comfort zone, with control as well? I mean, I find it to be a very much with some of the clients that I work with, it's a control issue because they feel if they, you know, um, if they open themselves up, you know, um, they, they can, become, you know, less effective, or I, I know I've heard it even like, how can I get people to, to, to take me seriously, you know, more seriously or something like that. Um, if I'm going to give something, uh, a, a, a job to someone and I could be doing it myself better, why should I do that? Um, that's all fixed mindset, you know, because, yeah, but it's all control, right? I mean, isn't it? That's, like feeling like, you know, I mean, if I'm in my comfort zone, I'm more in control. I'm, I'm familiar with it. I know how to reach this if I want to. I know how to grab this if I want to. If I'm sitting on the couch and watching TV, I have all my stuff right there. <laughs> I don't need to get up and go anywhere because everything else. But if I tell you, go get some ice cream because I really love to have some ice cream, you know, th- that could be like, why don't you get it? You know, <laughs> kind of attitude, yeah. right? But, but right, I mean, exactly, yeah. What, yeah, please, you know, well, elaborate. I, I think it is. Like, go ahead. I think it is uh, exactly what you say, and it's, and, it, and it's often other things as well. But one of the things is that I'm, as one leader said to me, it's not so much that I want to be controlled or being controlling, is that that's the expectation from the president that, that, I, can, that I control these people. And then, you know, he said, but it's not working. It's not motivating people coming to work with a smile on their face and wanting to get down and, and, and sort of work with us. And, now, and then you get into, well, you know, we're hiring the wrong people. The wrong people are sitting on the bus. And, um, 
how do we get at that? But one of, one of the things that I cited in my book, which has made an impression on me, was the the book uh, The Progress Principles um, by Teresa uh, Emma Pyle. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. And Stephen Kramer, where they okay. looked at over 12,000 uh, journal entries. Uh, and this is the place where, at least if people read my journal, this is where the real stuff comes out about what I'm thinking, how I'm walking through the world, uh, what's my map of the world look like. And what they found is that people need a sense, have a sense that they're contributing something worthwhile, that they're, that they're valued and that contributions are noticed. Um, and I think that's what is being missed uh, when uh, I'm always right, if that's the attitude, or I'm not giving you any feedback that I value you or whatever. So it, it comes together in many different ways, but one of the things is to be aware of ourselves and how we're treating others. That's the key. So you talk about empathy. That takes us to the to the um, you know obviously some of the also of the leadership um, skills to be you know uh, have some empathy. But why? I mean, how do you even do that? Like, what do you think? Like, what do you find it to be like? You know, I mean, how do you draw the line? When do you see that you have to empathize? You know, with let's say with your employees or someone at work. Um, can you tell us more that? on that? that re- yeah, I mean, um, like, what, you know, you, you talk about empathy here. It's, it's an important factor. Um, I'd like to hear your, your point of view on it so you can, you know, tell our listeners what, uh, why is it so important. Well, um, empathy is the ability to stand in somebody else's shoes. Not that nice. we agree with them or that we're totally in sympathy with what they're going through, but it's the ability to at least understand um, what a person is bringing day in and day out. Um, for example, uh, last week, my my daughter's uh, dog, one of her dogs died suddenly, just like an autoimmune disease. And very traumatic and it happened very quickly and this is she's not married and this is like and she's works at a at a place and you know she goes in she does her work and leaves and i think is appreciated but she's going to be a long-term employee because not only did this company um understand what this dog meant to her they had extreme amount of empathy so they had a, a friend in the company brought over a bouquet of flowers and a card that was signed by everybody in the marketing department um, and how much they expressed their like, well, it's like someone dying. They're sorry for your loss and you're in my prayers, yada, yada, okay. yada. Um, and, and that's, that's to me, that, that was the epitome of empathy. Um, some of the people, uh, like I heard um, someone say, oh, you know, it's just a dog. Uh, but it isn't to her. It wasn't to her. And to have empathy, what some people in that company got into what it means to my daughter uh, to 
have a loss of a dog. And so they were able to really stand in their shoes. Um, and, and I think that is going to pay large dividends. It's very, very important. Another form of empathy, I think, is the ability to listen. I think paraphrasing is mm-hmm. a form of empathy. Uh, whether right. we don't have to agree with someone, but we can certainly let people understand. I might not agree with you, but I certainly can understand why you're feeling the way you are. Um, right. I think it pays dividends. And I think that's important. Yes. I mean, I, I think to, to recognize, you know, um, someone else's emotion because we own it, you know, we own those emotions. So, you know, it might not make sense to you that someone might feel a certain way, you know, let's say somebody who doesn't like animals or whatever, and that dog, you know, I'm like, oh, get over it, right? You know, like in your mind. But, you know, and I think that's that's the human connection. And I think, you know, um, if, if taking it back to simplicity here, you know, even taking it to the to the professional environment, we need to have that human um you know, uh, connections. And, and in order for us to have that right human connection, we need to empathize with each other and understand, you know, their emotions. You know, it's their emotions. We don't own it. You know, they own it. And, uh, you know, if you could be a way that you can assist them to understand their emotions better, that's why coaches, you know, like yourself, like yourself can can help them, you know, um, move beyond those emotions or understand those emotions so they can make the shift. But you right. also talk about boundaries. I mean, there's so many things that we probably going to take us two over two hours to talk about on the book that I find it to be really, you know, very important keys. Um, and of course, you're going to find all the stuff in the book. So that's why you really need to get the book, guys. Um, but you talk also about setting boundaries. Why is that so important? Right. Uh, well, I think it's important because it's clear to set a boundary over what you, about what's important to you, what you will and will not accept. Um, Boundaries get crossed all the time. And one of the ways boundaries get crossed, crossed, which is another chapter in the book, is the triangling that happens. Um, I might tell you something um, that is probably inappropriate. You, You might not need to have this information. Um, it was funny because uh, we had dinner guests last night, and one of the women, she's an executive, uh, the wife of the guests with us, and she got a text, and she had a funny look on her face, and we noticed what's what's going on. And she said, "I just got a text from someone in my company who said." I probably should not have told you what what I did, uh, and I'm hoping that you keep it to yourself and not share it with others in the company. The person right. you was saying is I crossed the boundary. I didn't realize it until I crossed it. Um, that was something that was in between me and somebody else who trusted me, and I broke that trust, and therefore I, I not their words, but my words, crossed this boundary. Uh, those boundaries, if we don't, I, don't, I think if we don't set them, someone will set them for us. Um, what, exactly. What they want and don't want. It's, uh, it's a slippery slope sometimes. You know what I find to be interesting? Um, you know, working with clients in, you know, um, with their businesses and stuff. In, I mean, I remember back when I was in corporate, you know, 
all the corporates, like all the companies that I work for, they have the handbook, right? Like employee handbook. Is that what they used to yeah, call it? Right, yeah. I don't know. Where like all these rules and boundaries and all these things that you're supposed to, you know, and, uh, um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I can't think of the word now. One of the things that you're not supposed to actually do now, it's not on top of my head, but doesn't matter. But you find it less and less being used. So even if you don't have an employee handbook, I think it's really important for leaders and managers, and, you know, people who are leading, you know, their organization or in their, in their um, in the leadership role, that they should really have a clear message, right? I mean, I think sometimes, you know, and I, I know you talk about messages here also in the book, but I think, you know, with setting the boundary, but doesn't it all start with having a clear message, a clear boundary? Like if the leaders themselves don't really know, <laughs> understand the boundaries themselves, how can they set it? Yeah, exactly. And it happens so quickly. Uh, true. Because we we think we can trust someone, or we we're um, we're close to someone, or we want to be closer. Uh, this is where um, fusing two two chapters, the triangling and the the boundaries. Um, if I'm given something that's really emotionally uh, heavy, uh, or it's it's just tough to hold. And, and so I might cross a boundary and tell someone, are you aware that, um, you know, Betty is getting divorced or something like that? Or um, uh, (laughs) I was working with this company one time where um, the CEO was having an affair with someone in the company. And it was, so heavy for people to to hold that they were crossing boundaries left and right about this affair. Um, right. And it became a, a triangulated uh, company sooner or later. And ultimately the, um, the CEO had to resign, which sort of reminds me of what's happening yeah. at the, <laughs> um, I think it's university of Michigan or Michigan state right now. And the, president just just resigned you know that's a lot of that comes out of this boundaries and um sometimes you can set a boundary that says i don't want to hear anything more about this uh, or you need to talk to so-and-so um and that can come back as we're finding out um you know to to haunt you you know, you did talk about, I'm looking at my notes here. I mean, you obviously, you know, you said set healthy boundaries. And, uh, right. Um, so that's that's really important. And I think I, I also, you know, if I, if I can add clear boundaries, I mean, like you have to be really specific, you know, um, yeah. what those boundaries are and what the, you know, the consequences of not, you know, um, following through with those boundaries or respecting those boundaries or whatever it is. I think the more clear, the more focused, you know, um, as a leader we are, the better the people that, you know, you, you leading, you know, the message comes across, you know, um, clearer too. Um, well, we are reaching the hour, and I, like I said, we, we can definitely talk and talk about this book, and I highly recommend it, and I know, you know, you, you have mentioned the research has clearly demonstrated that leader 
um, uh, um, you know, having emotional intelligence has a direct impact on the emotions of the workplace. So leaders' emotional intelligence has a direct impact. If I remember my notes, I can't even read my handwriting. <laughs> How about that? Is, that? is that correct? Did I say it right? So research clearly demonstrates that leaders' emotional intelligence has a direct impact on the emotions yeah. of the workplace. Is that correct, Don? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I read it right. Okay, so, I wrote it down right. So give us a message to take away. Um, you know, I know, you know, when people are ready to move to that next level in their life, to do more and to be more, I highly recommend this book myself on my end. But what would you like people to take away from this book and why should they go get it right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, like many authors, I didn't write it to make money. I wrote it because I, I felt there needed to be a resource out there, both with um, awareness of what it is, but also how do I get higher emotional intelligence. And some of the things I put in there are actual words that you could practice, some ways of responding, reacting, those kinds of things that are more healthy than maybe what we would normally do. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a book. I say to people here in, in Kansas City area, uh, you know, if they say, well, again, why should I buy your book? I said, I'll tell you what, you buy the book, and if you don't get anything out of it, I'll pay you the money for the book. I mean, that's how strong I feel about it. Yeah, uh, so. exactly. Well, you know, I mean, your message was clear. Your message was mastering emotional intelligence and all its benefits is just a book away. So if you like to master, yeah. ma- I mean, I can't imagine, I, I want to master, and I'm going to leave you with that question that you and I, I asked you that question off the air, and I just came to my mind because I didn't write it down, but now that we're talking about it, I'm going to ask you on the air again. How do you, Dr. Don Goose, deal with your own emotions? I love to hear the story, right? <laughs> so people can hear, I love it, I just love it, I'm going to use it, I hope you know that. <laughs> okay. Well, again, this is in the book, is in the back, and um, it's it's one of the things that at least my clients are saying. Of all the things that I taught them, um, this is I call it the emotional intelligence filter, and uh, you know it didn't uh, come from me. It actually came from a comedian by the name of Craig uh, Ferguson, um, and and I this has saved me from dealing inappropriately with my emotions. Um, if I give myself the questions, um, there are two sets of questions. Again, in the back of the book, the first question is, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And it does it need to be said by me now. Um, I can't tell you how many times during the week or even during the day that I might uh, use that. And then I go to the second list of questions, the Cartesian questions, what will happen if I say this and what will happen if I don't say this? Uh, those kinds of things help me to keep my emotions um, in a little bit different set of uh, reactions or overreactions. I can, I can teach it to myself and away we go. You know, it's, it's really, you know, and I appreciate you saying that, Dom, because, you know, I, I say it to myself all the time because I, I always question you know, um, and I sometimes like, you know, I mean, I know we had a conversation, you and I, and I felt like I was like, oh, my God, I was telling you so much on trying to promote the book. And, you know, before I can hear you out, 
and tell you about, you know, and I think it's, it's dealing with our emotion. First of all, we all have emotions. I mean, we think, we feel. This is normal. That's part of being human. So for us to say, like, oh, I never have any kind of emotions at all, then you're not a human, you know, because that's part of being yeah, human. But, you know, what we think yeah. about is something that we can control, right? And right. it doesn't yeah. happen overnight. That's the self-talk. You know, we have to practice. We have to change our dialogue, our inner dialogue. But what I wanted you to, if you could please, Don, just explain to us how we process the, the emotion, the, in, the intelligence that we have within us without being so critical of ourselves and so judgmental. Because I think that's the first thing, that's the first instant um, that most of us as human, we react to our feeling like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like we blame ourselves or something. We might not say it out loud, but we just criticize ourselves and we judge ourselves. So, so can, you, can you, you know, just shed the light a little bit more on this and, yeah. and help me even, you know, understand how we can avoid being so judgmental of ourselves too? Oh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's part of what I'm working on in my second book. Um, I, I think we have to give ourselves an emotional audit, and that is that, there you go. Um, what, what happened, where did it come from, what, what was the catalyst of this, and give ourselves permission to uh, talk back uh, to ourselves. I forget where I heard it, and I don't have the resources in my head right now, but someone said, uh, would you talk to your five-year-old child, assuming you have one, like, like you allow yourself to talk to yourself? Um, and the answer is often no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to my little child like I'm allowing myself to talk to me. Um, so I think we have to say, no, that's not true, and, and have a debate with our inner self, our self-talk, and let people know that, or let our self-talk know that, yes, that might be true, but that's not true all the time. And it's not true now, and there have been times when I have been better. Uh, we are off days and low energy and low vibrations, whatever words we want to put on it. But that doesn't make us bad people. It just says that for this one moment, you know, I, I'm wrong. I, I, um, I appreciate it. You're, this is probably way out of your area, New York area. But in Kansas, we get all excited about two basketball teams, and that's Kansas State and Kansas <laughs> University. And okay. uh, Kansas University lost to Oklahoma, which is – big deal and uh, especially since they were ranked number five Kansas and the coach uh, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for Bill Self said I I was the one we lost and the onus is on me I should have substituted I didn't um, we maybe could have won had I been a little bit less stubborn my words not his but um, it's and I think that was good modeling for ourselves to own when we made a mistake and the mistakes are going to happen and it's okay. We're not bad people because we say or do things wrong. 
Well, you know, it's part of failure, right? I mean, I think, you know, uh, even our emotion, you know, if we feel a certain way or we judge ourselves, you know, I mean, that could, you could take it as, you know, as that and learn from it. Okay, so right. yeah. you, you, know, you felt that way and you felt it. So it happened, you know, I mean, that's the past tense. But how are we going to try to avoid having that same emotion or make that emotion right. a little bit more yeah. friendly for us? So I can, you know what I mean? So yeah. it could be more proactive versus reactive. And then it's a work sure. in progress. I really, like I said myself, I've been, I've been in this practice myself for many years. And I, every day I learn something new. I appreciate you so much, Don, because you really taught me a lot of things through your book, through our conversation, through our friendship. And I think, you know, it's, it's really important for us to pay attention to the little details in our life because those little details can say a lot of things and you know with practice with prioritizing with writing things down I think you you know I love that we share a very similar you know um, I call it rituals for me you know whether you know setting an intention for your day for your project for something that you're working on and an intention is like a goal, I always say, right? It's to simplify it. It's like really a goal yeah. that you're really serious about having, right? So yeah. when you set yeah. the intention, you give it a power, right? Um, exactly. And, and also, you know, pausing. I love that you, you know, you meditate, right? Pausing, you can meditate. You can just pause for a few minutes to just clear your mind a little bit. I think there are a lot, a lot of things that we can do better every single day, and I think I appreciate every day because every day we have a new chance to learn something new to make us better. And I appreciate you. So, Don, where um where people can find the book, and I'm gonna get you to promote that book more because people should have the book. Should have the book. <laughs> Everybody should have the book. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. Okay. So tell us more about the book and, and any information that you'd like to share on the air. Well, you can buy it on Amazon.com. Um, you just type in my name, Don Booz, and it'll come up or the title. Um, it's very easy to do, and you can have it in a couple of days. Um, so it's um, readily available. It's not on. Uh, it's not on the Kindle yet. Uh, we're still talking about that, but um, someday it probably will be. And maybe we can do a, um, I go say we, because I love to help you with that too. But I think audio, you know, um, get it on Audible. Yeah, that'd be nice. um, as an audio because a lot of people, you know, especially for people who commute can listen to it. I did my book, yeah. um, um, an audio book, yeah, because I feel, you know, and my strength is, is speaking too. So I, I thought that would be a good way to, 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 um, to share the message. I appreciate you so much. I think I've learned so much from you, and I hope our listeners, you know, um, got a lot of the messages in the book. But if you really want to learn more, I suggest that you get the book, The Emotional Intelligence Premier, How to Be the Difference That Makes the Difference for Today's Leaders. And remember, each one of us can be a leader in our own life, at work, everywhere. Step up and lead. If you don't have anybody to follow, Start leading. That's what I always say, right? (laughs) And then, you know, what's really important too, Don, I always say it's like, you know, when you follow somebody, follow someone who has made the difference, who actually walked the talk and approved that they actually 
you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I always think, it's like, you know, we, fo- we follow blindly, we so, you know, bombarded with, like, non-real reality that we call it real life. Time to wake up, <laughs> that's what I was saying, right? Right. Thank you so much. I hope you have yourself Thank a fantastic you. afternoon. And uh, looks like we're going to have you back on the show again when the new book comes out. And I'd love to, okay. uh, a lot. to hear more about it. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so much, Don. Have an amazing day. You, you too. Okay. Thanks. Bye now. Bye-bye now. All right, my friends. So that's concludes our show for today. What an awesome guest. What an awesome book. I really highly recommend it. Um, it dig a lot of deep, a lot deeper in like in a simple way of our life and our professional life and our personal life. And I think if you are ready to do more and be more, I suggest the book. And uh, remember, if we can be of more help and more service to you and assistance, please contact us. We'd love to hear from you. We are actually recording the show live right now on Facebook on our page. And uh, um, we'd love to hear your comment and we'd love to hear your message. Until next time, stay amazing. Much love to all. Just one more thing. It takes collaborations, mutual agreements, and action to make the impossible possible. So go out there and celebrate who you are and join hands and make the impossible possible. And always position yourself and your business for success. Be present. Look for insights. Take action. Take small steps. Evaluate what you are doing. And remember where you are so you know where you are heading. Stay amazing. Much love to all.